Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, where I'm driving in my car and talking about movies. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty much the formula. And I can't make that really sound any better than it is. I'm just driving in my car and yakking about movies that I've either seen or movies that I absolutely love. And this one falls in the latter category. I love this movie. Uh, should be no surprise. You know, we've talked about Argento's Animal Trilogy. We've talked about Deep Red. We've talked about Suspiria. And now we bust through into the 80s, because all the other ones were 70s flicks, with uh, Tenebrae, 1982. Again, classified as a horror thriller, but you and I know better. It's a giallo. Giallo. <laughs> Probably should edit that out, but I'm not gonna. That's my weak attempt at singing the Jello song, but with the word giallo. You know what I was doing. Anyways, uh, glad to have you back. This one's gonna be great because this movie rocks. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, we just recently covered this one on Hail Ming, but you know, being the completest and being this Giallo January, you can't have Giallo January and not talk about this movie. Um, again, one of the better ones. A lot of people prefer this as Argento's favorite movie. I know that Duncan McLeish, you know, the mighty Duncan McLeish, his favorite Argento film is Tenebrae. Can't argue with that. This one is about, uh, about as solid of a flick as you're going to get. And, uh, wow, what a good one. So let's bust into this one. Let's uh, let's talk about our cast. Uh, first and foremost, we've got Daria Nicolodi, right? So uh, she's kind of a mainstay at this point in all the Argento films. And, uh, you know, there's a story behind her characters as the years go on in the Argento films. And it's all based on how well their relationship was going. Um, not to really give anything away on this one, but it seems like the further they go in their relationship, the more bad things happen to her characters in the movies. And uh, that's just a weird little uh, anecdote there to have in your pocket. Um, you can do a little research on that and just start putting together the picture of, of these movies and what that means, right? Um, got Anthony Francisca in this playing Peter Neal and uh, he's a, an Arthur, kind of like a Stephen King kind of guy, right? So he's writing uh, these horror novels and uh, hey John Saxon, you remember what I said, if you've got John Saxon in your movie, I'm your boy, I'm there, right? So you got John Saxon in here as well you got John Steiner in here which uh we saw him also in, uh, oh, which one was it? Um, Blade, not, not Blade in the Dark. Uh, Shock, that's what it was. Mario Bava, right? Silly me. Dario Nicolodi's in that one as well. So, uh, and you get uh, some, some other people. Uh, Anya Peroni is in this. Which, you know, she's, again, somebody that pops up in a lot of these flicks. Lynn Bob is actually in this movie for a second or two. So, a uh, little cameo there. And uh, let's let's talk about this one. 
So our synopsis says, visiting Rome on a promotional tour for his novel, Peter Neal is pulled into a murder mystery. Hold on. I'm having to dodge a truck here. There we go. As someone familiar to his work is beginning a, a series of killings. While the police look into the crimes, uh, Neil investigates on his own, just like we always expect in these movies, uh, and by his beautiful assistant, which is Dario Nicolotti. Nicolotti. So, uh, there you go. Uh, copycat killer, right? Reading stories in his books, and then going around and killing everybody, just like in the books, which obviously leads to the cops questioning him. You know, is he using this as his own outlet? You know, and blaming it on somebody else. Who knows? Is it the assistant? Is it the the, the plumber? Is it the Mr. Plum, Mr. Mustard? Is it uh, is it Tommy Aldridge? We don't know, right? That's the whole point of watching this: is figure out who's doing the murders. And uh, again, stylistically, it's what you expect from Argento. It's top notch. Uh, it's got some great great scenes in it uh not to give too much away but uh like in most cases with these flicks you uh you kind of uh have the flashback thing right just like in deep red just like in a lot of these we've talked about there's usually something that's happened in the past that they've locked away in their mind never to return but then something hits that switch and turns it back on and it drives them crazy and they have to react right so uh, there's a piece of that in this but at the same time they're using the uh, the styles and uh, the information from Peter Neal's books to do this right uh, also at this point Argento was under a lot of heat. Uh, the whole masochist thing, right? All your movies are just about uh, guys killing girls, right? Well, you know, realistically, when you look back on his career, that's not true. I mean, out of the, well, let's just say there's a lot more women killing than there is guys in these movies, in Argento flicks, right? Not to give too much away. But, uh, you know, he was he was going under a, a lot of scrutiny because of this. Because, you know, uh, you're, you're giving men bad thoughts of how they can control women and all this kind of stuff. But really, if you look back on his career and you know these movies, if you start thinking about it, not true. Not true at all. Yes, a lot of the victims are women, but you know what? There's a lot of guys get killed too, right? Equal opportunity killing. That's what we want. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, again, John Saxon, can't go wrong there. Uh, there's some fantastic scenes in this. There's some crazy over-the-top scenes where this lady gets her arm chopped off on a table. And uh, it's almost like uh, it's like Quentin Tarantino bloodshot, right? Where it's just kind of over the top and ridiculous. But at the same time, it's done with this artistic flair that only Argento can pull off. Um, there's a great scene in this where it's a crane shot 
and I don't know if this is early computerized, you know, uh, calculating all the moves or if it's all done by hand. I want to say it's by hand. But there's a scene where these ladies that uh, that live together and uh, there's a killer breaking into the house and you get to see all these different shots of how it all is in real time with this crane shot that's happening outside the house. And again, it's just so artistic and so well done. It just You kind of want to just stand up and clap. I mean, it's, you know, again, he was so on top of his game at this point. And what I love about these movies is even as on top of his game as he was, he didn't mind throwing something out there that's pretty outlandish. Uh, you know, like I said, the, the the kill scene with the with the arm is uh, over the top, and uh, I kind of like that. I like that aspect of uh, well, again, the whole trick to all of this, or the whole purpose for me as a film watcher is show me something I haven't seen before. And by golly, you get it here. The story kind of feels familiar, right? But for the most part, uh, you're going to see some things you've never seen before in this one, right? But everything has this artistic flair to it that only Argento can deliver. Uh, and that's what he's known for, right? This is a great flick. Um, I did not get this one right. Well, let's just say, and I'm going to, you know, if you're a Scream fan, uh, Scream kind of pulls from this too, right? In a, in a way, in a way. It's a little bit of a twist, but there's no doubt that uh, that concept might have come from this flick, right? Also, you, you've got a change of, of look with this, right? We just went through Suspiria with all the lights and the, and the darkness, right? So much darkness. This one's very pastel, very bright, very 80s. And uh, so that was a whole different feel to it as well. And you just can't go wrong with this one. And again, these are so hard to talk about and not give anything away. But there's plenty of twists and turns. There's plenty of uh, hatchets to the skull. Um, this, is, uh, this is a solid flick that... Uh, has to be in your collection if you're a Giallo fan. Uh, has to be watched if you're interested in any kind of murder mystery. This is just one of the best ones. Uh, it's very sleek. And I think that's that's the next step. And that may be what the draw is for a lot of people thinking, you know, or liking this one the best. It kind of gets rid of that that 70s clutter. The, uh, the slow burn it kind of pulls that out of that, and this one's a lot more in your face and just moves. So, uh, yeah. Maybe cocaine was involved? I don't know. But that seems to be where everything changed because, you know, if you've been listening to the show any at all, I do love the 70s and that slow burn kind of thing, but there's obviously, when you hit 81 right in there, that changes. We get rid of that, and we're going for more of a bam, bam, bam. You know, just just making it happen. So 
this is kind of the first uh, Argento film that does that. Maybe the appeal, right? But uh, overall, uh, again, you can't beat this one. It's easily five out of five for me. Uh, Argento in his heyday, you really can't beat this time period of his movies. Even though the next one we talk about has its problems, but for the most part, still fantastic when you compare it to other works that are out there. But you cannot go wrong with Tenebrae. Uh, lots of characters to pick from. Lots of red herrings. Uh, lots of uh, misdirection. And uh, the fact that uh, the killer is sending letters to our main character, Peter Neal, to uh, let him know that it's going to happen again and it's all your fault. You know, that, that really drives this movie in a direction that, you know, that path that we like to take with our unlikely heroes, right? The thing I like about Argento's, you know, people that we end up, you know, our antagonist, uh, not our antagonist, but anyways, our main characters that we're going to hang out with, protagonists, if you want to call them that, but they're not even really that. They are basically uh, the unlikely person, right? And I think that's what makes this work is they're relatable. And I've said that before. That's what Argento does so well is get you invested in these characters. And it's the same reason we like Chief Brody and Jaws, right? He is not the man for the job, right? Same thing in all these flicks, right? You're you're set up with somebody who, you know, does not have the machismo to be a detective. But somehow, that's where we're going with this, right? So that's what makes these work. This is one of the best, folks. I'll keep saying it. It's on to, uh, I don't think this one's on Tubi. I may be wrong with that. You can check and see. Um... I didn't watch it on Tubi. I watched it on my own source. You have to look and see. I forgot to look and tell you on that one. But anyways, can't go wrong with it. One of the best. Take my word for it. If you've already seen it, you already know. It's one of the best. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. And check it out. And let me know what you think about it. Alright folks, till next time, we will check you later. 